From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey everybody, it's Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Jeffrey Masters, and joining me today is Caitlin Doty. Caitlin is a mortician, a death theorist, and the author of the new book, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I uh, came to Encino for this. <laughs> We're supposed to say LA, please. Okay. Oh, 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 Los Angeles, not the Valley no, in any way. What's the Valley? No, I, I really enjoy the book. Thank you. I thought it was great. It unlike any book I've ever read. Oh, good. Possibly from the gruesome detail. Details. Reinventing <laughs> the genre is what I am trying to oh, do. Oh, is this a genre? The no, death? no. Well, it should be. It should be. There I should, think be should be so many more books about death, I think, in I, our culture. I, I actually agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to... There's a lot of gruesome details. This is, book is not for everyone, but I think... No, it is for everyone. You think it is? I think it's for everyone, because I think that you're not supposed to be... In our culture now, we've come to a point where we're allowed to ignore the yes. facts yeah. in many in many areas <laughs> of our lives the facts have become facts in quotation marks yeah and especially with death death is not an optional thing it's not a thing that you may or may not end up as you know right. dead is dead is the finality and you should know what goes on with your body and with the death industry and and what's going to happen when you die yeah. and the more that we're facing that the more we're a good society and i think your quote about uh not having to like see corpses is like a privilege of the our world. Absolutely, first, the first that, world. The first yeah. world. Yeah, I never thought about that. Even mm-hmm. I don't think most people do. Well, and the first world just in the past hundred years too, because even you know a hundred years ago in American yeah. culture, we were still very much involved with the dead body, with the corpse in the home, with you know the person died at home. Yeah. You made the coffin with the local cabinet maker down the street. You had the body in your home for a couple days. People come and drank and hung out and said yeah. goodbye and then you carried them on your shoulders to the grave and and off you went but that's that's very much become not what we do anymore. totally now i want to rephrase it i don't mean i didn't want to like be offensive that this book isn't for everybody i just mean like some of the details i think some people yeah. find gruesome no that's but, fair <laughs> but not the content yes yes, yes. Okay. no it's fair <laughs> i mean i i made a very specific decision not to pull any punches with yeah the descriptions and I didn't want it. I didn't. Uh, the death industry is known for using euphemisms. Of course, you know she passed away. She's at rest. She's with the angels and all yeah. of these euphemisms, which are a little unhealthy, I think. And I'd rather go a little too far in the slightly gruesome direction. So, did you and, ever? Did you leave out details that were too gruesome, or you said no? I want to put them in. Um, I would say. I mean, I tried to never put in anything just for shock value sure. that didn't have like an overarching story or a purpose. Like I wasn't just going to be like, ha ha, yeah. this person was decomposing like this if it didn't fit. Um, into the story or didn't fit with some sort of historical element or some sort of message. Okay. Yeah, because I remember the, um, the the story about you being covered in, like, the woman's, like, warm human fat. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's possible, I guess. It's possible, yeah. And kind of the idea of, of that story, um, which, you know, spoiler alert, ends with warm human fat, right. is that uh, these things can happen, especially when you have death that's kind of industrialized and kind of is like an assembly line. Yeah. And these things happen even if you're very careful and even if you really care about your job. These things can happen and we should, if we don't like that it happens, maybe we should do things a little differently. Oh, 
there and there it is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the stories like that one, like um, the woman covered in like mold. Mm-hmm. Um, were these you picking out the most like interesting ones because you got it when you're reading, or was that kind of just like the norm, like everyday occurrences? Um, no, m- most bodies are pretty much they're not the same each body is is different and interesting but most people die of old age or of cancer or of something Mm -hmm. that makes their body look desiccated and and shrunken and they probably weren't you know very well fed up to their death they probably had diseases that were wasting them away they look very similar in a way it's it's rarer to have a body that was decomposing or that was found in a bathtub or that was found with um, you know, decapitated or was in a horrible accident. These are bodies that you don't get every day. Sure. But when you're doing working where I was, which is a crematory, you do have a fair amount of bodies that are more interesting because you're doing a fairly high volume of of cremations. Uh, yeah. So it's not like, you know, in the, in the old model of the funeral home, it was kind of like, you know, you do one one case is what they call them in the funeral home, which mm-hmm. is kind of another That's dist- very funny. distancing euphemism. You know, a case is the dead body. You'd get one case a week and you'd have the whole family for a big wake and you'd embalm the body and you'd keep them in the casket. But with the modern cremation machines, especially in California, especially in Southern California, there's a real turnover rate. Wow. Bodies. Because you were saying that uh, somebody dies every two seconds. If you're at home, are you still there? Death. Let us know. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Oh, one more. There Death. it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fun fun <laughs> to think about. A good but mortality crazy. exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Call your relatives. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Call your mom. Um, how long until a body will decompose if it's like left out? Totally depends on the climate, on the humidity. Okay. Um, if it's really humid and really warm, relatively quickly, relatively really? quickly. But it's really it's um, a misnomer that bodies just start decomposing right away. Yeah. They do in subtle ways because the blood isn't flowing and things aren't moving through your body anymore. But it's not like if you kept a body at home or if you stayed with the body for a while, yeah. within three hours, all of a sudden it's bloated and decomposing <laughs> and smelling. That's not what's yeah. going to happen. Interesting. And then I was kind of, um, I, I, I'm I, sure that when people meet you, they have a ton of assumptions. Mm-hmm. You're like the perfect dinner party guest. Mm-hmm. My friend Caitlin, she's the mortician. I'm also <laughs> just fun. Yeah. <laughs> I also, me over. <laughs> I'm friend to drink with. Mm-hmm. One of my assumptions was that it was something that you like before I read the book, was that mm-hmm. something you just like fell into mm-hmm. or it was like an accident or, and you end up liking it, but mm-hmm. you sought out this job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't come from a family of morticians at all. That's another assumption is that it has to be like O'Malley and sons yeah. or whatever it is. And you, it gets passed on, but I was not from a family of morticians. I did it because I was really into academic death and how death worked in our culture. Yeah. And that's what I studied. And I had graduated from college. And I was 2008. And I had jobs-ish in various places. And I decided that it would probably expand my knowledge of death quite significantly if I actually worked in death. And I right. actually did the jobs that the people doing the jobs were doing and saw the bodies. And as soon as I actually managed to get a job at the crematory it was that was totally correct it was a completely different experience knowing that people die hypothetically and then actually being in the room alone with a body right i mean and my other assumption was that 
you were like touching them with just like a makeup brush and nothing else. <laughs> you know, it's, it wasn't the oh, Hollywood romance. No, 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 no yeah. not at all. And and I think that's actually kind of does a disservice to our view of death because all the time people are like, oh, but we see death all the time. Like I watch CSI reruns all day. Right. It's like yes, but like that's a that's a kid in Hollywood who's like playing a corpse. Yeah. On TV, which is a very different thing, and it's not all precise and medical a lot of it is really getting in there and grabbing the body and because those bodies are heavy because they're not even a person who's really sick can still kind of help you a little bit or do things to help you move them but dead body is just like a sack of potatoes weight wise you know it's really difficult to move so you can you can slip you can fall all these things can happen and there's ways that you can do it to make it more professional and, and do it well but it's not like you're just like Hello. You're not just like pushing a button or using a makeup brush. Right. You're you're in there it's with the body. It's physically demanding. Work. It's physically demanding work. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't as romantic as I thought. No, it wasn't <laughs> as romantic as I thought. It was going to be. Like, you either. even went in with that a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, well, I, thought, I thought that it was going to be more like. I don't know. I don't. And I think a lot of people now, because we're so distant from death, want to be in the funeral industry just because they have this perception of like, I'll just be embalming and I'll have my cute little outfit on yeah. and then I'll be, you know, really, uh, you know, I'll be working with death and people, my friends will think it's so cool. And your friends probably will think it's cool. Yeah. But the job, if that's what you're going into it with as your motivation, is not going to be so fun for you. Mm. you. You talked about the experience of watching the girl at eight years old, like, fall mm-hmm. in the mall mm-hmm. from the second floor story. Mm-hmm. Do you think experiencing death at that young age, you would have been as interested in it? Yeah, I saw I saw a, a traumatic death when I was eight years old. Right. And um, I don't know. It's always like a nature versus nurture yeah. question. Like, I'm not totally sure. It was that because I was after that happened, I was incredibly obsessed with death. I would think about it over and over. My mom is going to die. I'm going to die. My grandma's going to die. My dog's going to die. And And you're right. Yeah, and they are. Yes, it's true. But I just didn't... Well, it's a spoiler. (laughs) Um, But I just didn't have the context for that. Um, So I don't don't know if I would have... If that sort of set me on a path. But I think that's also too easy an answer. It's a way for people to dismiss it. It's a way for people to say... You know, because I even hesitated putting it in the oh, book really? in, a, in a way because it's like, oh, well, now we get it. Oh, like it's like childhood like abuse. Like, oh, yeah, childhood like, abuse. Oh, and now it all yeah. makes sense. Like now everything is explained about no. this But you human also being. like describe it in as like an exhilarating process, like working in the crematorium. Yeah. Like, where, oh, yeah. Yeah, whereas a lot of people would be kind of like shut down. Mm-hmm. They couldn't handle it like emotionally. Right. And I, yeah, I guess it does depend. And, and a lot of it for me was probably made easier by the fact that I was so fascinated with it. Um, I guess the history and the the sort of anthropological aspect of it. So I had that to fall back on and I was reading a lot about death and I was really engaging with it. And there are people in the industry who uh, treat it much more as a career, much more as a, um, you know, they go to school for it and it's a trade that they practice and they're good at it, but they don't see it in a larger cultural context, I guess. And they can be, if they're not dealing with it, there can be a lot of, emotions and problems and cover-ups and ways that they try and try and hide it because they're not dealing with the fact that every day they go in and deal with incredible amounts of grief and dead bodies. Right. And you talk about it that it changed you like emotionally too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I because I thought after all that I had studied death, I thought that I knew death. I thought that I understood it and I thought that I kind of, you know, it was fascinating, isn't it? And then all of a sudden you're really faced 
with the reality of it. Yeah. It's kind of like, ah, I'm going to die. This is horrific information. And then if you move through that in a healthy way, you know, the sunsets are are brighter and and the yeah. rainbows come out. And, and it's not like I'm totally happy all the time now, but I feel like I do have a more rational engagement with the world and a more clear-eyed engagement with the world. And is that what you hope? other people will find as well. Yeah, as absolutely. Like, talk about more in depth. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's not only that, you know, it's not a self-help book. It's not like, uh, yeah. <laughs> hang out with a lot of corpses and you'll be so happy. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a way to make yourself more self-aware and also make society a little better, I think. Because again, facts are yeah. not always facts anymore. And being with the most deepest reality that you can which is hey you're gonna die hey this is your dead body this is gonna be you someday yeah i don't see how it can not wake you up to something yeah and one of the eye-opening things was like yes you get old and die but you're also dealing with babies and kids Mm -hmm. and um it i mean it's shocking and it shouldn't have shocked me that Mm -hmm. oh yeah babies die people of all ages Mm -hmm. i um yeah, I don't think that a lot of people think about this, as you obviously know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, well, babies, what's interesting about, about children and infants is that they die at such a massively lower rate than they used to even 50 years ago, 100 years ago, mm-hmm. 200 years ago. We've really made huge strides in keeping babies alive. Yeah. So when they do die, either because of drug use by the mother or just some genetic defect that can't be helped, um, we we kind of are so horrified by it because it's not happening that much anymore that oh. we're like, oh, the last thing we want to talk about or deal with is is someone whose baby has died. And that's really tragic for the family because all they want is to, first of all, welcome this child into the world. And then not only is it taken away from them, but then they have to feel ashamed like it was a suicide or like some sort of depraved thing that happened that nobody wants to acknowledge their grief. Wow. Yeah. I was, um, while I was reading the book, I was talking to my grandma. She mm-hmm. recently, like, went to her hometown. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me about, like, all of her friends and family she saw. But she's actually naming, like, dead friends and family <laughs> that she, like, went to their graves. Good, and I good was, like, for her. Yeah. And it was, like, so fascinating to hear this, like, older woman who's like, yep, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe not, like, excited about it, but, like, very much content. Yeah, that's great. And 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 not everyone is like that. We should all yeah. have, you know, go grandma. We should all have that attitude. But for some people, even if they're... In their 80s, in their 90s, they're still refusing to accept that they're going to die. And if you're that age, you know, it's 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 coming for you. Maybe not tomorrow, but it's rational to believe (laughs) that it's on its way in a way that it's maybe not when you're in your early 20s. Totally. I mean, is there... We're talking about, like, the process of cremation. Is it there's something sacred for you that you're, like, the last person that sees this body, like, as a body? Incredibly so, yeah. And and that's why I try and get more people involved, get the family involved in being there at the cremation, because it's incredibly powerful. And it's an honor for me to do it. Yeah. Honor for me to, to put the person into the flames and be the last person to see them. But at the same time, I don't know them. Yeah. You know, I'm not their family and I can have all the honor that I want for this person, but that doesn't mean that I know their history and that I know them and I know right who they are. So I think that more people should be involved with not only taking care of the body but being there at the cremation or being there at the burial and being there and seeing them not like made up 
but like right. as the body. Right. That's yeah. That's a part of it too. To yeah. not have the sort of because there's really in the funeral industry there's kind of like funeral director is stage director. Yeah. You know, like prevent presenting the beautiful corpse. The wizard behind the curtain. The wizard behind the curtain. Exactly. And like the curtain opens and there's the perfectly embalmed waxen body Blushed. with yeah. the makeup and the lipstick and the the suit and the all of that and that's that's kind of what the american funeral industry is built on is that illusion um but seeing a dead body you know dead bodies can be really beautiful just as they are and yes a little scary if you're not used to one but the longer that you're with it the longer that you sit with them especially if it's someone that you love and it's this shell of someone you love the more comfortable that you're going to be wow and the um, the retort, you said that they burn in there for two hours? Yeah, it, yeah. The the cremation machine is called yes. a retort in like I know that because I read the book. Jargon. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fun. I can tell you read the Lots book. Lots of vocab words. From that fun fact, yeah. Um, um, you can use so, that at parties. Um, yeah, it, usually, I will. it depends on, um, so the, the retort, the cremation machine gets hotter as the day goes on. So say if you're doing a, um, a much older smaller person at yeah. the end of the day it could maybe just take one hour because the, so the machine's going to be a lot hotter the person's going to be smaller and then if you put in you know a guy who was six six and like a bodybuilder at the beginning of the day maybe two hours if there's a casket that the person is in maybe two hours so it maybe more it totally depends on on sort of the body and there, you have to do a lot of peeking in really and adjusting to see oh so you you've seen it at every phase of the cremation yeah. process yeah Wow. Mm-hmm. Is it always recognizable as a body? Um, yeah, yeah, it's always recognizable as a body. Um, there's definitely moments where you're like, whoa, like that's, yeah, that's incredibly intense and that's a skull that's on fire. Okay. You know, and that wow. smells like burning flesh. Okay. Um, but that's what burning, that's what cremation is. Yeah. It's, it's taking a body, burning away all of the organic material, your organs, your hair, your flesh, and burning it down to inorganic bones. Really? I, I thought it was fascinating. Your first day, you've shaved man's head, head mm-hmm. and held a skull. Like yeah, the same day. yeah, yeah. I shaved his face, and then at the end of the day, um, we cremated him, and the skull was entirely intact. And that doesn't always happen with a cremation. Sometimes if you move the bones around a lot, um, during the cremation yeah. because you're trying to facilitate its going faster and yeah. not using as much natural gas. Um, the, it'll end up in a big, just sort of mixed up pile of bones, but sometimes the body is almost looks like a skeleton in there at the end. And that was what happened on the first day. Oh, wow. How much is love the ashes, I guess, like what's left? How much is it? Is it like a shoebox full? Like <laughs> yeah, quantity yeah. Wise? It's it is? a okay. shoebox. It's, um, it's uh it depends on how much you know mass the person had not not fat but like bone structure and density oh, um usually it's like five to eight pounds wow um, so like you're returning to your same like birth weight almost yeah exactly oh that's terrifying yeah and not no i rephrase not terrifying it's terrifying <laughs> it's, it's humbling thank you it's humbling and like you know it's 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 a intense feeling but those are the things that you should use to say like oh wow okay like when I die, I go back to where I started, and, yeah. and my ashes are going to look exactly the same as anybody yeah. else's. And, and you talk about there's so many laws and regulations for the mm-hmm. industry. What happens to the ashes when no one claims them? 
after like a certain time? It depends on on where you are, yeah. really. Um, some crematories will, um, the one that I just worked at, we could bring them back to the coroner's office. So it would, you know, they had an indigent and unclaimed program. So obviously we would try very hard to yeah. get somebody to pick them up first. <laughs> um, but if they absolutely didn't, you could bring them to the coroner's office and say, sorry, nobody's coming because there are state inspectors who will ding you if you're a crematory who has ashes that are over a certain amount of time old. Interesting. And then what do they do with it? Uh, well, in, in Los Angeles, what they do is they um, they keep them for a certain amount of time. They try and find family. They try and find someone to claim them. And if nobody does, they do a uh, mass burial of cremated remains every year. Wow. In East Los Angeles. Have you seen it? I have I have seen a documentary of it. Okay. Um, it's really fantastic. It's called A Certain Kind of Death. Yeah. Um, it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it is anymore, but it's completely fantastic. Highly recommend it. it and does that go back into the earth or does it kind of just like stay this like pocket of ash? Um, the ash is because it's sort of... The inorganic? Inor- it's inorganic. Yeah. And that's the thing is that a lot of people say, you know, I want my ashes to become a tree. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's so beautiful. However, you know, they're not going to actually become a tree. Like, hopefully you can find a way to facilitate that they don't kill the tree by being <laughs> by being inorganic. But, you know, they're not going to, like, transform into the roots yeah. of a tree. Also, by, like, definition, it's this massive oven, the retort, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. That must use a massive amount of energy, right? It does, yeah. And, and there's all these comparisons between the different, you know, what's the greenest way to die? And, of yeah. course, as there is in any industry. Um, and the worst is probably the sort of traditional burial with the embalming chemicals and all the wood and metal and concrete that goes into the casket yeah. and the vault and the headstone and all that. Um, and then cremation does use a lot of natural gas. And right now, the probably the greenest way to die is to have what's called a natural burial, which is just you dig a hole in the ground and you put your body right on in. And you were even suggesting organic clothing. Is that correct? Yeah, there's there's shrouds that you can put on. There's decomposing clothes that people um, have invented. And yeah, there's all sorts of ways to just go straight back into the earth. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like planning my own death. Mm-hmm. No, I just think that people think like, oh, I want to go back to the earth, but they're like being, I mean, their ashes are staying there and then it's so much like natural energy yeah, to burn yeah. them. Well, that's, I mean, that's the idea of a natural burial is that, you know, a tree can actually kind of grow from you. And there are natural burial cemeteries that use um, native plants. So yeah. They allow families to plant native plants along with the body. Oh, wow. So not only are you sort of reforesting the land in a really beautiful way, but you're being able to plant a tree for your dead wow. loved one. For the corpses that are used the like embalming this, mm-hmm. if we were to dig them up like 20, 30 years later, are mm-hmm. they going to look fairly similar? That that totally depends. Um, okay. And the people people ask that, and I wish I had some like rad answer yeah. for exactly go what. Go find um, out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I go go you know, to each corpse his own. And sometimes um, it depends on how well the body's embalmed. If it's incredibly well embalmed in several entry points in the body, you could open <laughs> and it was well humid in right humidity, right everything. You could open it, and the body would look pretty much. Do people want to do that because, like, zombie culture? Like, if they happen to come back, (laughs) they're going to look okay? I don't know why people... I think that there's this this idea that... Well, two things. First of all, there's an idea that embalming um, 
that it uh, sanitizes the body yeah. in some way, and which is not really necessarily true. It, I mean, it does, but the body doesn't need sanitizing, yeah. really. Um, and then there's also this idea that you know, if you're if you're you don't want to think of your grandma decomposing, you want to think of grandma in her pillowed casket, underground, all safe and snugly, and still in her sweater and looking the same. Which to me, I think is a little creepy. But for a lot of people, it's kind of become the thing that gives them comfort because they're so afraid of decomposition in a lot of areas. Of because their they life. know that tangibly that she's still there, yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. So you would like a natural death? I would. I'd like to decompose. And being de- and decomposing makes me really comforted. The idea that my body's going back to the earth and that my atoms are shooting out into the universe and yeah. and I'm becoming the earth again. And I'm not and I'm not incredibly spiritual or I'm not, you know, someone who's like I need I love the land. You know, I do, but yeah, of you course. know, it's it's not. I think that that could be for everyone. I don't think it has to be seen as this thing that's only for you know, the the, hip, the hippie crowd. Of course, yeah. Is there anything, we're talking about like the laws and regulations, is there anything like oh, trying to get those laws to change right now? Or are they pretty like set the in law, stone? Which, which laws? Um, like laws about like ashes and like burial mm-hmm. and like all the regulations you talk about in the book. Yeah, well there 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 are several things. So there's a new kind of technology called alkaline hydrolysis, which is for, it's called, they they sort of dub it, uh, what is it, like water cremation as opposed to flame cremation. And it's really hot, intense water that combines with lye and dissolves the body that way. And it uses substantially less energy. And they've wow. been using it like at the Mayo Clinic and UCLA for a really long time. Sorry, what is lye? Oh, lye is a, um, it's a, um, a base okay. uh, thing. Chemical. Like it's, it's chemical. chemical. Yeah. Great. Chemical. Um, but not in a chemical you know, it's a natural chemical, I guess. Not it's not bleach. like, a, yeah. It's a, um, and, uh, the people are really, they're starting to be able to use it in some states as an alternative to cremation. And people are really choosing it because not only do they like the much greener aspect, but they like that they're not going to be burned. There's still kind of this fear oh. of flame. And even though people are like, think that cremation is the right thing to do, yeah. they don't necessarily believe in putting their own body into the fire and the idea of it being water instead is very comforting to them. Is that going back to like hell comparisons? Probably for some people, definitely. I mean, I've been I've been told that like what I'm doing is devil's work. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> which is which was a fun thing to hear. Um yes, ma'am, I am. Um Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm yeah, Oh, okay. You. I was like, thank "Oh, are we done?" Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was saying like, thank, thank you, you so ma'am, much. Goodbye. Before. Okay. Get out. No, yeah. I'm not finished with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um Best case scenario, mm-hmm. what would happen? How would we treat the dead and um, view death in general? I think best case scenario for me um, would be for people to see the dead body again as their responsibility. So oh. not something that you give away to professionals, not something that you have them come take away in the night and then you are not involved in it, but something that you're very much involved in the same way you wouldn't be involved in a wedding or a birth and family all around and taking care of the body ourselves and being with it through the whole process. Instead of handing it off to Instead like of a handing paid it off to someone else, yeah. I was shocked. You said it's a, a billion dollar industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they're, and they're not interested in you doing that. 
the billion dollar industry is not interested in you taking back the corpse to your right. family. They're interested in in continuing the status quo. Wow. Now, early in the book, when you're talking about like early experiences, you said you didn't know whether to call the corpse a he as like mm-hmm. a person or it as a body. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you like call it? I, well, you know, I, I actually really love the word corpse. Oh. And, I, and some people are like, how that sounds so you know, blunt, how could you say that? And probably I can say it because I've been doing it for so long yeah. and it's the spade a spade. Um, and I think it makes me uncomfortable to, you know, if I'm with a family, I would never say, you know, your mother's corpse is in the fridge. I would never say that. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's also a little creepy when you have funeral homes where they say, you know, like, hello, like Mrs. Johnson. Hello, Mrs. Johnson. And they refer to... About the, the corpse? About the corpse, yeah. So they refer to the dead body as their first and last name or you know, ma'am or something. It's, it's a little bizarre to me because I think the body's really important, but I also don't believe that they're there. So, right. you know, if I'm with the family, I'll say your mother or something, you know, like what, what, what do you think your mother would want? And, but when I'm talking about the, the corpse in general, I'll, I'll say corpse because that's what the name of it is. That's what it is. It's what it is, yeah. Right, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You must have, I was talking earlier about, like, my assumptions that I, like, mm-hmm. went into the book with. You must meet some, like, crazy people with, like, crazy, like, questions. I feel like it'd be, uh-huh. like, a doctor. Like, oh, well, can you look at my neck? Yeah. Do you get asked a lot of weird... Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually have a, I have a web series called right. Ask a Mortician that's kind of about, like, crazy okay. questions that I get. You have a lot um, of content on there. I was watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a fair amount of content. Um, I'm not too good at, at uploading. I'm trying to be better. That's a, that's a goal for sure. this year. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people who ask about, you know, can I keep grandma's skull on the mantelpiece? And can I have a Viking burial? And what happens to the breast implants after a cremation? Oh. And, you know, everything. And then some, not, not all questions are totally crazy, but the crazy questions are kind of the fun ones. Yeah. Because, what are, like, some of the craziest questions? Um, well, those are some of them. I mean, sometimes you get people who have really hyper-specific things. Like, I don't want to leave my kids any money unless they have me taxidermied. Like, unless they put the <laughs> amount of money necessary. I don't know. I was like... Oh. And, like, you sort of have to... You have to humor them, you know? And, like, well, I could try and give you a real answer, but I don't know that... Oh man. Right yeah, so there's it it brings out some, you know, talking about death really openly on the internet does bring out some interesting The internet people. trolls are terrifying. They are. Well, I mean, being a woman on the internet is kind <laughs> of an adventure in and of itself. A woman talking about death. A woman talking about death, a woman of um a woman trying to do anything educational too right. on the internet. Yeah. It's not people's favorite thing sometimes. Yeah, and then can you tell us a little bit about the Order of the Good Death that you created? Yeah, the Order of the Good Death is a group that's been around for about four years, and it's um, different death professionals, morticians, um, pathologists, all type of people in the death industry, and academics and artists who are trying to bring death back into discussion in popular culture. Oh. So people who make it their work to be advocates and go out there and do interesting projects and, and explain death and don't want their work to be like shrouded in mystery, but want people to know yeah. what's going on. Oh, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. It's, is it being successful so far? The order? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of people are, are really interested in it. The people who are in it are absolutely incredible and inspiring. Cool. Um, yeah, it's it's a wonderful... Yeah, I mean, the book was fascinating. Um, What is next for you? Any more writing? What can we expect? I don't know, actually. <laughs> um, I'm actually... I opened... I'm opening a business in Los Angeles called Undertaking LA. Sure. And the idea is to help people 
help themselves handle a dead body. Oh. So saying like, hi, I'm a mortician, but you don't really need to use me. You could do it yourself if you wanted to. And letting them know they can pick certain things to have a funeral home do, but they don't have to do that. Um, and the then, DIY death. The DIY death, okay. exactly. <laughs> yep, that is part of the part of the tagline um, to help people understand what it is I'm talking about. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, probably um, a lot more things online, a lot more speaking, um, which I love doing. And um, yeah, maybe we'll see how this goes. Maybe more writing. Okay. <laughs> if, there's, if there's any kind of demand for any more, we'll see. <laughs> okay. And your web series is Ask a Mortician. Ask a Mortician. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank this you. This was fun. All right, guys, this is another great episode. We will see you next week. Goodbye. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.